Radio. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's coming up Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by Billy and the Clonosaurus. It's a story about a futuristic amusement park where dinosaurs are brought to life through advanced cloning techniques. It's been out for 18 months. <sighs> We're also brought to you by geodes. My geode must be acknowledged. That's all. That's it. <laughs> Short and sweet. Uh, just like this episode, we're, of course, talking about uh, Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass <laughs> song. Wow, that was a flawless segue. If I do, that was an Allie Gertz that segue. Little, that was a little bit like something I would say. Ooh, I, I take the compliment. <laughs> um, this is, of course, the 19th episode of The Simpsons' fifth season. It is also wow. the 100th episode of the series overall. So. Uh, I think the chalkboard said something along the lines of like, I, I will not celebrate meaningless milestones. Yeah. Yes, oh, yes. that's great. Yeah. Because, of course, they had like the 138th. Episode. 134th. Yeah, yeah. 134th. I always get it wrong. Whatever. Um, so this episode originally aired April 28th, 1994. It was written by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. It was directed by Bob Anderson and the showrunner was David Merkin. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. We have yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. That was a very respectful I'm saving my energy for all my favorite jokes in this episode. Mm -hmm. You know what? Let's just jump into it because there's so much ground to cover with this episode. Um, so I want to introduce our guest. You know him from The Big Bang Theory and Speechless. Please give it up for John Ross Bowie. I Hi. like was I was trying <laughs> I not that. to fuck it up. It was suspenseful. It was there was a beat. I just want to lean into it. <laughs> there was so a much. there was a beat where you were you're were trying to remember how to pronounce my name is what you mean. I Which was by the way is the a, beat that is that goes through yeah. every podcast interview I've ever given. Same with it's, me. It's welcome and oh yeah, I imagine. Gortz. Yeah. Gortz, Gortz. Gortz. But I also No, it's Gertz. No, it's yours is Gertz. Gertz. It's clearly Gertz, but that grew up in New <laughs> yeah. York. So but I I'm also not... feel like yours is clearly Bowie. Bless yeah. your heart. Except for David Bowie kind of fucked it up for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Did I he bet, ever? I bet he was Bowie as well. In my defense, I would say that that was definitely one part not trying to fuck up your name and another part not trying to just slur the fuck out of that. Because I was <laughs> ramping up for a while. And you know how it goes. Mm -hmm. Listen, you guys, it's hard to do a podcast. <laughs> I will say that whenever I'm in the UK, they pronounce it Bowie right out of the gate. Really? Like, like literally when I get two customs, they go, hello, Mr. Bowie, welcome to the United Kingdom. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, fucking A. Ooh, and it's always, it's always Bowie or Bowie here in the States. But Bowie, whenever I, I, Bowie, yeah. Huh. That's the, it's the Southern pronunciation. Uh, Jim Bowie, Bowie, Maryland. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. That's all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> however you choose to say this man's last name, we are very happy to have him. Um, I didn't know that you were like a huge Simpsons fan. I was very excited to learn that you were. I think it was probably something Twitter related. I feel like you've probably tweeted something about like some gif or some meme at some point. And well, I, I think what happened was you, you we, we got into some other conversation, you and we were on a chain with like four or five other people on Twitter and you asked somebody else uh, to be on your podcast yes, that's and I was just was. sitting there <laughs> and it, it felt very much like I was being like there was a party being discussed right in front of me. I love that moment <sighs> on Twitter chains where you're like, hey, guys, I'm here, too. I like that just reaching out. Yeah. You know? And I fun. elbowed my way onto your podcast. Yeah. You yeah. said I'm, I'm free these dates just with nothing but podcast time. It's like, well, then we're going to have you on immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm a huge um, and I'm getting back into it. As I mentioned, there was some talk about me bringing my my son, Walter, who is seven to the show. And I'm introducing him to the show, to The Simpsons uh, uh, of late. Um, on Hulu and then on uh, it's weird some stuff is available some of the seasons are available on legal demand and some on less than legal demand <laughs> um, but he is that's a life lesson for your son it is yeah. exactly <laughs> um, sometimes you have to work around the rules yeah yeah be resourceful absolutely um, he's really taking a shine to it we watched the Simpsons movie uh, last night actually which I had not seen since it initially came out and mm -hmm. it holds up it is so, so well yeah. it is such a good piece yeah, of work I man again. I had forgotten how god that first act is strong as fuck and then when Homer and Marge go out to the cabin and have like that big like personal moment it's, it's really powerful. I cried my ass off in the theater. It yeah. was so There's, good. It, it's incredibly powerful. Um, the uh, the Tom Hanks stuff is amazing. It's mm -hmm. so smart. Um, the uh, the way everyone, the way Springfield reacts to the dome is really interesting. Yeah, uh, so there's a lot of good stuff. Anyway. My, my question is how how does a parent show their kid The Simpsons? Do you just show them what is available, like you said, like on Hulu, and it's maybe the newer seasons, or do you go back to like 
hey, these are my favorite episodes, or what is it? We started just with the recent stuff on Hulu, believe it or not, which is, you know, listen, you've mentioned this on the podcast. It is nobody's, it's, you know, not a big secret that it is not maybe what it was, but it turns out that a, uh, like a B-level Simpsons episode is still going to be pretty strong. I, I believe it's that too. They're good as everyone else. I mean, yeah, they're good as everyone else is great. It's it really just... is. You know, I mean, we, mm-hmm. we, you know, I, I was right in the pocket for the Simpsons, man. They started the middle of my freshman year of college. That's mm-hmm. perfect. You know, and I was just, and it became this thing. It was like Sunday night in right. the TV lounge on every floor of the dorm. Mm-hmm. And it was it was such like a, a visceral experience. Like, oh my God, there's never been anything on TV like this. This right. is incredible. This is, these are our jokes, you know, mm-hmm. and they were so smart and, or they were maybe like just. They were literally something maybe you had just discussed in a college class. Yeah. You know, there'd be like economic principles or a literary reference or something that was just like, oh, my God, this is just it was like it was for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've obviously got, you know, incredible af- affinity for the early seasons. But the recent stuff is is really is really still pretty strong. I also imagine watching it with your offspring has got to be a nice little sweetener to the deal as well. Like, just well, it like, is because, you know, oh my it, God, it's still on and you get to watch it and like want, seeing what they laugh at, what they respond to. Well, they laugh at, you know, my 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 daughter's nine. She's going to be 10 next month. And she is she's getting a lot of like the verbal stuff. My my son has never seen anything funnier than Bart's cartoon penis in The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> and he never shall. And he never shall. Because that really is the most he, glorious yeah. sight gag. Because allowed to so watch good. comedy now. You think it's going like in the Austin Powers of direction course. and then they curveball you so yeah, hard. I know, I know, I know. So hard. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then the incredible sight gags with all the stuff on the roof. All that slapstick stuff ages really well. Mm-hmm. The animation in the movie is a little more complicated so they can do a little bit more with the space and everything. Yeah. But we're here to speak about. Right. Well, we could dart around. Yes, but 100th episode. So, mm-hmm. so, so strong. What I love is that, like, I know that they had the gag about, like, not, you know, celebrating this milestone, but, like, I do kind of feel like it is such a, a gentle episode. It's definitely in my top five. I, I oh, fucking really? love this episode so hard. Um, it has so many jokes in it that I can't even really laugh at just because I say them every day and they're mm-hmm. so ingrained in my head. Um, that I even watching it today, I'm just like, nope, it still made me laugh. <laughs> like, what, I was just, what are some of the jokes that you say every day? I I don't want to jump ahead because oh, I'll, gotcha. I'll say it when they come up, but they're yeah. just so solid. And um, I come back to this Italian loafer will make quick work of that <laughs> once a week. There's so I many love hearing what everyone's verbal tics are I by know. way of the Simpsons. Yeah, so that, I, I come back to that probably because I had never seen a flagging flaming bag of poop joke on television before, you know, and it was just. Wow, and just the way, and like, and the way that it's, it, that's how we find out that Bart knows Seymour's address. I know, and it's such a quick beat, and it's so perfect. It's so it's perfect. Like, oh, I uh, do. I know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do just think there's like such a. There's like a there's they didn't go big with this. They just kept it very small. I love. I think Skinner is the most interesting character on the mm-hmm. show. I mm-hmm. love even before you know, especially before the Armin Tanzarian stuff. Like it's really cool to just see like he was a vet. He has all this stuff. Mm-hmm. His relationship with his mom. I just love going into it. And of course, the sweetness of this episode fucking kills me. Yeah, me. yeah. It's like one of the most romantic episodes of television. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it happened to be between Principal Skinner and Bart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is so. Is this? Um, where does this rank? Kind of amongst your favorites. Number this, one. Number one. That's amazing. No, that's why I'm here. Yeah. No. That's it's... so great because we've been doing it so long that so many people do have to choose their number two or their number three. Mm-hmm. And I, this this is one of the ones that I've been shocked isn't someone's favorite. I couldn't and it believe is. it was available. Oh. I could not believe oh, it was good. available. Um, what about it? I mean, I know I listed so many, but well, it caught me just where at a particular time I um, went to uh, I, I did a year at college and then suddenly realized I was an English major with absolutely no skills. So I panicked and decided I was going to go on the teacher training track. So I became uh, an English education uh, major and uh, with the idea of, of becoming a high school teacher. And I did my student te- teaching up at Ithaca High School. And then I came, moved back to New York where I grew up and got a job at my old high school. Oh, wow. That's uh, amazing. For, for um, uh, as the first half uh, of the year as a long-term sub. And then I got an actual 
you know, slot, uh, teaching two segments of uh, English and three segments of uh, remedial math, which they called consumer math to not make the kids feel bad. <laughs> consumer math hilarious. feels even worse. Well, it makes you feel worse because you it's what it's it. It yeah. just tells you what it is like. You yeah. need to go out and buy stuff. Yeah, exactly. You're not particularly bright, but you need to be a cog in the machine. So hop to we're going to yeah. teach you division. Listen, you're going to be wearing a smock for the next five to ten. So why don't you just buckle up, kid? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. So, yeah. so consumer math is an incredibly cynical thing to call it, but, um, and, uh, that year of teaching was 94, 95. And, uh, my, the thing that got me ready to cope with my week was watching the, the mm-hmm. Simpsons Sunday night. And the next morning, uh, I came into the faculty lounge where I was having, uh, lunch with these people, some of whom had been my teachers and now were now my colleagues. And somebody said, uh, Hey, did you guys, uh, did you guys watch The Simpsons last night? And I said, yeah. And everybody at the same moment said, did you cry? Cause I cried. Oh. We, we cried, right? We all, everyone, we all a little bit of a cry at the end there, oh, right? Oh, gosh. Cause it floored me. Like yeah. you can't see that last moment coming. There's yeah. nothing to prepare you. And it ends, there's no joke after that. That's the last moment of the episode. I'm getting yeah. goosebumps. I'm getting, I know. Goosebumps. That's Verklemp talking about it right now. And, I mean, anybody who watches that episode is moved, but to have caught me, and by the way, I'd love to, the moral of the story should be, and I devoted my life to education. <laughs> no, I was gone in two months, but I, uh, <laughs> damn job nearly broke me. Yeah. But um, if I got through the end of that school year, it's because of this episode. Yeah, I would definitely say, <laughs> um, that's amazing. Now I'm a big selfish actor in Hollywood, but <laughs> at the time I was uh, trying to make the world a better place. And uh, yeah, it just, that, that reveal at the moment at the last moment and uh really hit me and i was yeah. not alone like the everyone i was talking to i love that yeah mm-hmm. it was it's so it's um all the stuff i said before about you know finding the simpsons in college and having it hit me right at that moment but then it led me to this moment this you know, key part of my my early adulthood was it was insane mm-hmm. i love that that is so cool and one of the reasons i think it makes a lot of sense for um me and julia to be doing this podcast considering our age is that we didn't really have those experiences short of with our siblings or like parents we never really got to be like did you see that like that was amazing so now we kind of get to do that like mm-hmm. we get to kind of go through like what it would have been like had we been experiencing this like when we were the exact right age as well yeah, yeah. and it's so nice because every guest we have is from like they all caught it at different times but it mm-hmm. all hit them in such similar meaningful ways well yeah. still very much a it, there was still water cooler tv and this was still very much right. a water cooler show mm-hmm. um which is so funny like, you know, because like X-Files or something like that. It's just like, did you see when this thing and that, I miss like, water cooler TV? I feel like we don't have it as much anymore. Well, it's just because everyone's watching it at different times. No. Yeah. yeah no, but, I know. Yeah. But it, feels, it's it's yeah. I, I don't want to go so far as to say that it's fractured society, but I did just say that out loud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is out there in the ether. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So but um, that moment when he turns around and realizes we haven't actually said it and it won't do any good to play the the clip because it's a sight gag. Um, <laughs> That'd be very funny. Roll they, the clip. They, Bart and, and, and Seymour realize, or Bart rather, rather realizes how much he needs Seymour yeah. as his adversary, nemesis, yeah. as his adversary, as the yin to his yang. It's something very primal that he misses that he does not have in the incredibly... You know, people. It's it's such a good episode that I'd actually forgotten that Ned Flanders is the sub substitute is the substitute principal. Yeah. Um, that's how strong an episode it is that you can forget yeah. a huge detail like that. Mm-hmm. It's been like ten years since I've seen it last, and um, he conspires to have uh, Flanders gotten rid of, and Seymour returns, and they have a moment quietly in the hallway where they can uh, communicate without anyone seeing them, and and you know, losing the illusion that they're they're adversaries. And they hug and Seymour turns around and Bart has placed a kick me sign on his back (laughs) and Bart gives an evil little laugh. And that's a that's a like, like, oh, Bart's up to his old tricks. And then, oh, shit. Wow. (laughs) Bart turns around. He's got a sign on his back that says, teach me. 
And uh, yeah, if it's, uh, it's, it's beautiful, it's so good. And I'm a huge fan of, of Skinner's stuff anyway. The Skinner stuff, the Krabappel stuff, anytime Superintendent Charles, all the education stuff yeah. on that show has always been really sharp yeah. and really interesting and and vicious. And I remember there's one episode where Lisa, I don't know what happens. It's a little earlier on in the in the series where Lisa just like fires at Miss Krabappel, like, "Wow, well, you're really earning your fifteen thousand dollars a year, aren't you?" And just. <laughs> It's so brutal. Um, So I've always been a fan of the way the show handled education, but to do it in such a, I mean, it's such a sincere moment that it's almost like a punch. It's like an earnest kick in the face Mm -hmm. because it's coming after, you know, crazy shit and groundskeeper willies in the vents and it's just anarchy that whole episode. And then it ends on this pointedly sweet moment. Yeah, I mean, we're going to bounce around and and talk about different chunks of the episode, but I just want to say, like, the confidence of they devote pretty much the full second act to just, like, the simple transition of Skinner now as citizen, you know, as, like, this normal citizen, um, (laughs) apart from being Principal Skinner. And it's just, like, a sort of a patiently unraveling, like, we get to go home with him. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of crazy, crazy, crazy zany stuff happens apart from, you know, Flanders holding down the fort. Which yeah. is which is yeah. why I really think that's so cool to have it be your 100th episode, be this very gentle thing. But yeah, yeah. let's go through it. Yeah, uh, let's pull up that little Wikipedia thing. Yeah. Me, no always, one love. They always do the worst <laughs> summaries, or maybe the best. We don't know. Well, I was actually I, I have been um, I've been texting with Bill Oakley. Oh my god, uh, our friend Bill uh, to <laughs> yeah. to see if he can offer uh, uh, any insight. And Yay. it turns out there was a totally different third act. Oh, please. Um, but he uh, he says some of this is on the Wikipedia page if you have time to read it. Take it away. Well, yeah, let's uh, I'll just do the one sentence summary. Uh, In the episode, Superintendent Chalmers fires Principal Seymour Skinner. (laughs) They said his full name. (laughs) Um, After a disaster at the school, Bart Simpson, (laughs) feeling partially responsible for Skinner's firing, tries to help his old principal get his job back. Nice. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. did Bill put it in his words at all? Because I'd love to hear. He, he doesn't say what it is. Oh, he says okay. there was originally a totally different third act, which I found the outline of and posted online last year. Oh, so we could probably find that on. Um, maybe he's got it on his Twitter feed or if uh, Bill strikes me as the kind of guy who might have a Tumblr tucked away somewhere. <laughs> yeah, his, probably. Uh, listeners, if you guys don't follow Josh Weinstein and Bill Oakley on Twitter, you are missing out on some of the coolest behind the scenes that the Simpsons could possibly offer. Yeah. Uh, Josh will, Josh and Bill will post like just scripts of missing scenes and it is phenomenal. Uh, They're so, very good to the fans <laughs> and they were there for the really golden are. years and they are, they they're they're fans of the show themselves. You can tell from the way they, yeah. they disseminate information online. It is mm-hmm. so, so real. I love it. Yeah, we've talked to Josh a bit about, you know. Like, yeah, he's been on the show, right? Yeah, yeah. He's they been both on, have, yeah. Both have, okay. Yeah, I was going to say if it was twice or maybe we just keep talking. No, we've had him on back. twice. Oh, okay. Bill once. You're right. You're right. We'll get him back. Um, But Josh has always said that because they didn't have that when they were first, you know, in 94, they didn't have like the accessibility of talking to the fans through Twitter or through, right. you know, other social media. Um, channels and so it's very exciting for them especially uh, the first Simpsons marathon on FX it was like this big like moment of not an awakening but like being able to really connect with those fans in a way that they had always wanted to but just never knew how so it's mm-hmm. almost like this new resurgence of of that fandom that they get to experience it's really cool yeah it must be great mm-hmm. it must be incredible yeah it's also interesting to see that like how much of the Simpsons coincides with the rise of internet culture yeah because I get my first email address uh fall 94 uh and then after that it's it's a quick find to you know alt.discussion.simpsons or whatever the hell it was called you know <laughs> yeah all the, and all the it, yeah, chat rooms exactly of yesteryear and, and, and it was them. it was um i don't but um <laughs> there was something interesting about just like finding you know people literally all over the country to yeah. talk about the stuff with and you know i wasn't like a cb radio guy or anything this was my first time like finding this sort of community and i think there's something because the episodes were so jam-packed it it 
is with jokes and references and details and callbacks that it's so well served by a growing internet culture. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, this episode starts with looking at like some old footage and we get what has become a pretty popular meme of the Simpsons family making the very self-aware. It's like, how would you feel if we were uh, people were looking at what we were saying today 20 years from now? Yeah. And Bart says, not likely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, every I forget what day it is, but like um, the date that this episode came out, which I'm sure is on the Wikipedia page. Um, it's spring 94. It's yeah. 94. Yeah. It's yeah April, I, 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 I screwed like, up earlier. I, I taught the 93, 94 school year. So spring 94 is when this aired. And uh, thank you so much for correcting yourself on that. <laughs> I was going to say, you know what? It would have bothered me if I'd I not knew. done it. I'd have gone home and, and I'm lost the same my way. mind. Where I'm yeah. like, bah! Yeah. Uh, so April 28th, every April 28th, someone will sometimes it's me. will post that thing and just <laughs> be like, oh, my God. Um, really? Yeah. Because it's, it, you know, peop- the just them looking into the camera. And everyone kind of having a moment just like, it's still on. It has been more than 20 years. I know. Yeah. They couldn't have known. It's just mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so cool. And I just also, I love the Wonder Years so much. So like sure. that little intro is like, that alone gets me. And, and it's, it's also yeah. it's interesting too, because it's the 100th episode and you think that it almost looks like they're going to like throw a... Like a big convention on on sitcoms is is use a hundred episodes for flashbacks. Yeah, just the like, don't, even, don't even write an episode. Right. Just fuck it, and it's somebody's birthday, and mm-hmm, let's just do a series mm-hmm. of callbacks. Yeah, and and it looks like they're going to do that, and then it just goes completely as as it always does, goes completely off in a different direction. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. It's so good, and I just love that uh, this is like what Bart's going to take to show and tell. Yeah. Like, um, so. I meant I hinted earlier that my favorite lines are in this. My favorite Marge line ever is uh, Marge suggesting that Bart brings a potato to school. She says, "Why don't you bring a potato? This uh. one's kind of big." Mom, why do you keep pushing potatoes? I just think they're neat. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with the idea of your classmates laughing on our family's private moments. How would you like it if 20 years from now people were laughing at things you did? Not likely. Come on, have a sense of humor about yourself. I'm a big boy today. No, <laughs> oh, I gotta find something else quick. Why don't you bring this potato? It's pretty big. Mom, you're always trying to give me potatoes. What is it with you? I just think they're neat. Like it's just such a <laughs> it's such, <laughs> such a mom line. I yeah. love it so much. <laughs> and Marge there's like the, best. the little like she's so genuine about it. I think yeah. that's why I love Marge so much. Is just Marge and Seymour and all these like very earnest characters. There's something. There's not so... a whiff of cynicism in any of them. No. The other great thing about this about the. You never see, like, as much as we know Seymour needs his job back, he never despairs. Yeah. You don't see him break down. He's in his room conducting mm-hmm. to the radio. Which yeah. is so cute. So cute. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Everything, even the way he's uh, dressed is like, there's there's an optimist part of him that is still very realist. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he's not in denial. You know, mm-hmm. he's trying his best. It's very sweet. So uh, we also have um, Lisa suggesting just like, you could take my geode and uh, just yeah. so many, like, this, I had so many notes and at a certain point I had to just accept, like, we can't possibly get through all the jokes because this is such a joke-heavy episode. Mm-hmm. But I love that they're on a prison bus. Yeah. Because uh, that is what it felt like when you were a kid. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and uh, I-, I love everyone having a geode. Right. And we mentioned this once before with uh, DC Pearson, uh, just the when Ralph, uh, sorry, when Martin at one point says just like my uh, geode must be acknowledged. I feel like that's just true of all of us. I, like, I, I, well, I was going to say we're talking about Internet culture. That is the Internet in a nutshell. Yeah, we oh, all wow, want yeah. we all just want our geodes want to be acknowledged. acknowledged. Yeah, <laughs> really? Like, please, somebody just look at me for one yeah, second. Yeah. What is social media if not us screaming to have our geodes, <laughs> geodes looked at? Yeah, yeah. that's uh, I said, I said geodes. <laughs> that as well. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, well, off of that, let's take a quick break. <laughs> probably for the best. Wow, what a great break. I had a great break. Oh, man. Um, so kind of back to back and why this episode sticks out is my next favorite uh, Simpsons. One of my favorite Simpsons jokes is this, which is just so Bart brings Santa's little helper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, you know, what has four legs and ticks? Uh and oh, everyone gosh. just keeps guessing that it's a walking clock. A walking clock? A uh, walking clock. <laughs> I, I wager he has some sort of variety of walking clock in that box. It's so Bart, is it a walking clock? That's, That's my favorite. the one that got it, me. Is when Krabappel is like, I give up. What is it? <laughs> yeah. you know? She's the opposite of Seymour because she's just 
just dead inside. Oh, and I knew no. those teachers too. <laughs> she's just like, there's nothing. She's a shell. She's a <laughs> husk of what she once was. Absolutely. And she just really wants to get to three o'clock. And, and, and Marsha Wallace's voice is <sighs> just so perfect. Oh, I know, I know. And also, so a little bit later when Sanders' little helper is running around through the vents um, and like I think Skinner turns to like a crowded hallway, we just see um, Krimpopple and Miss Hoover just straight Sm- up smoking, smoking in the hallway. In the hallway. Just smoking in the goddamn hallway. With the hallway. look like, what the fuck do you want? Yeah. <laughs> well, this was definitely one of the shows that kind of shows you, even before this episode, but especially this episode, that your teachers and principals are human beings, which mm-hmm. is a very foreign concept when you're a little kid. You're just like, wait, what? Why aren't they wearing their principal outfit all the time? That's like, interesting. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's, yeah, I guess there wasn't a lot of representation uh, of that. Um in certainly not in the eighties, you know, it was all it was so youth oriented that the teachers were just buffoons or, or right, authoritarian right. pricks, you or, know. Or like, you know, in like Charlie Brown stuff where like all the, the parents are like And you know, my mom is a kindergarten teacher and my whole family is full of teachers. So I've always known and Julia and I have always been the people that want to rub elbows with the teachers. We love them. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember my mom constantly when we would go shopping, there'd be students that were just terrified, just like, Well, why aren't you sleeping at school? One is daytime. Why are you in your weekend clothes? I don't understand. Another one I almost came in with, um, but I you might have probably done it is the Dustin Hoffman one. Okay, so that is number one, my favorite. Uh, Mr. Bergstrom, Lisa Substitute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. so good. Yeah, they really. I had never thought about it until you said it. How how um, kind of beautifully they they capture teachers. Like it's they really put. uh, I mean, they were all. Very smart people that went know, to good but colleges. They, but they really pump a lot of humanity into it. And it makes me think also, so um, in that line of, of, not in this episode, but when Lisa says, like, you're really earning your $50,000 a year, 15000 whatever. Oh, um, it's fifteen. Fifteen. <laughs> the joke sorry. is fifteen. So sorry, so sorry. Um, it reminded me, and this makes sense because it's another James L. Brooks production, but did you see The Edge of Seventeen with Woody Harrelson? And um, I need to see that. No, I hear it's really excellent. Great. There's a really great, Woody Harrelson plays a teacher in it that it's just like a really great student-teacher dynamic where he is, you know, it just feels very real. And oh, I wonder if that's of, a Brooks thing. I wonder if that's something he, yeah. he's just sort of drawn to. I, I love a good story about uh, about teachers. This also aired around the same time, or maybe just a year before um, my so-called life, which had some really great teacher. Mm-hmm. Jeff Perry was a teacher on that show, mm-hmm. and they did that really. Uh, um, he was given a ton of dimension. Really interesting. But yeah, of all the stuff that of all the segments of that came out in ninety four, yeah. Okay, so all the segments of, of community that the Simpsons looks at, organized religion, which they're very very rough on, and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, or especially um, in this episode too. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they actually, I think it's this episode. <laughs> it is this episode where he says, uh, "Just the way facts have no place in uh, organized religion." Yeah, that's, God that's, has no place within these walls. Just like facts have no place within organized religion. That's edgy for eight thirty yeah! on a Sunday night. Yeah. That's where they were leading their <laughs> and hour. The only by this way point. that they got away with it is because it was done so quickly, and it's from Superintendent Ta- Chalmers. His mouth. If it was exactly. from a Simpson family member's mouth, it would have been like, like if Bart huger. said it. Yeah, yeah. there'd be torches. It's really, it's it's interesting. And you also get away with murder if you put these things in the mouths of cartoons rather than actual right, people. Yeah. You can, you. I mean, you know, uh, I feel like that's a line that uh, Graining Bent and McFarlane broke. <laughs> um, but uh, and I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm, not, to put I'm it. not gonna knock Seth. Um, but the um, yeah, it, there's just something about the way they approach teaching and the way they approach like the business of education and the occasional minor breakthroughs and the way like Bart is just kind of lost in the Simpson and Lisa is getting everything she possibly can out of it. And I just I love that. I've mm-hmm. always been really into that. Yeah. Yeah. That also just reminds me of when uh, when there's no school and Lisa just goes haywire and like she's just playing with that toy that like is resembling a teacher is like uh, is that gum is that gum is that gum <laughs> god i forgot about that yeah, yeah. me too there it's so crazy to host a simpsons podcast where we talk about it every single week and you're still just like man isn't that one other episode so good too i know well off of that i mean the craving for some sort of social structure Lisa wanting school, Bart needing this nemesis. Bart needing an enemy, yeah. yeah. And uh, ne- needing structure in his life. Yeah. Otherwise, he will just get himself in trouble deliberately to come to Ned Flanders' office and eat peanut butter cups. Mm-hmm. Which is so good. It's like, this isn't just a clubhouse. Shakes his little glass. 
Sorry, do you want a um, slice or you? Or yeah, I love the it was specifics. That, it was, was that slice or you? <laughs> I love the specifics of that. Yeah. I, I find that to be really the, fun. The three very fun. They found the three funniest beverages in this. Uh, those are the the first two. The the uh, last was when they go over to Skinner's house and he says, "Can I offer you a diet, uh, caffeine free Doctor Pepper?" Pepper. Yes. Yeah. And uh. when I heard that, um, I just thought of them in the writers' room, like, "What is the lamest I know. soda that we can <laughs> caffeine free?" Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, when we're at Ned Flanders' house in some episode when he's like, "Who wants like you know uh, unflavored ice cream or so?" Or yeah, who wants ice cream <laughs> unflavored for me or nachos Flanders style, which is cute cucumbers with cottage cheese oh my god those kind of things yeah i just that's such a fun like pitch off i imagine um so uh one other joke that happens with the santa's little helper thing before we move too far along is just everyone is freaking out about this dog they're cutting out um cutting off martin who like you know uh krabappel's just like do you want some of these raisin roundies that you know martin made and uh then millhouse is just like i was by the way i've been a dog owner for like 15 years it's very recent i found out that raisins can kill a dog oh no wow (laughs) Very recently, oh, no. that out. yeah, that's uh, a little bonus joke tucked away. I hope, you, did, away I hope in there. you didn't find but not the hard uh, way okay. now. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, but I, I love Milhouse saying, "I knew the dog before he came to class." Uh, that's such a funny kid-specific line. Yeah, uh, oh, I love it. It's so great, but it's also just such like an indie rock thing too. I you know. know exactly, especially because again, you know, ninety three, ninety four. You know, this is like you know we're post Nirvana. Kurt maybe had just died when this thing airs, and and there's but there was that sense of like the people who knew. Nirvana's first record, right, of course. and then <laughs> the other, then the Johnny Come Latelys who got onto the Nevermind bad wagon. Yeah. So like it kind of plays into that like hipper than thou, <gasps> yeah, uh, uh, thing that was a huge part of the culture at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also like for a kid version, the hipper yes. than thou is yeah, so exactly. funny yeah. and specific because I distinctly remember the the that feeling of like you know being at YMCA after school daycare and like a friend of mine from uh, my school just joined and everyone was like, oh, who's this new kid? And I got to be like, yeah, well. I've known them. I've been friends with them for a while and be a hipster <laughs> at age 10 Perfect. in my own right. Yeah. That so is they beautiful. got that 110% correct. <laughs> uh, in, the, in the next classroom, we have uh, a great Ralph line of seeing, like, there's a dog in the vent. And then, uh, what is her, that teacher's name? Um, what is what is the name of the third Miss Hoover? Thank no. you. Oh, my okay. goodness. When Miss Hoover is just like, do you remember when you said that uh, Snagglepuss was outside? Yeah. He was using the bathroom. It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, now that we have all that stuff aside, we have uh, Superintendent Chalmers coming in and he's saying like, I'm sick of the low test scores, class after class of ugly, ugly children. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and uh, I just love that, you know, a dog for anybody will like make them have so much humanity of just like the dog falls in his lap and he's willing to forgive all. And then Willie as falls. soon as disgusting Willie, who was just greased up by Lunch Lady Doris, yeah. which is so good. I love him asking just like, do you have any grease? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> grease like she's up, been woman. waiting for this. She's been waiting for an opportunity to grease up groundskeeper yeah, Willie. I, I love a simple beat like that. Okie dokie. You know, where yeah. it's just like. <laughs> oh, I actually forgot. There's actually um, I, I wouldn't have noticed this until. We started this podcast and are now aware, uh, super aware of Josh Weinstein and Bill Oakley. Uh, Skinner is on the phone, and he's yes. the, <laughs> the Weinstein joke. It's so good. He says, "Like uh, I know Weinstein's parents are upset, but I, I was sure it was a phony excuse." Yum, Kipper. <laughs> it just sounds fake. <laughs> Fantastic. So yeah, good. So good. Uh, so then, of course, we get the moment where uh, Skinner is fired. Did you did you call me a liar? No, I said you're fired. That's much worse. <laughs> and, yeah, and I love that. <laughs> quick fake out too I mean you touched upon it a little <laughs> earlier of um, you know all could be forgiven with uh, Santa's little helper and just like that just half a second boom no sorry you're fired and this needs to happen and this is the end of act one boom we're in this new universe and it takes a while actually to I mean that huge event of, of Seymour's firing that's actually kind of late in the episode but at the end yeah. of act one that is the trigger for the rest of the episode and for it to come kind of that late is, is interesting and and then it leads us as Ali mentioned earlier to that incredibly sort of what's the word for it very kind of subtle act two uh-huh, subtle yeah. by Simpson standards yeah sort of like yeah the simpler unraveling of yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's it's so um it, it's 
it's so interesting because yeah, that first everything possibly goes wrong again. Yeah. You know, there's you know, explosions and people flying out of the uh, out of off the ceiling, <laughs> um, and then we have the the quietude of that uh, of that second uh, uh, act where you know the kids steal his underwear and, and he <laughs> responds, "Well, that's you're not so smart. I'll just buy a new pair." Yeah, just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just so much good stuff. Yeah, and and. Um... I love your point of him not like freaking out. Like you could easily con- compare this episode to uh, when a poo loses a quickie mart mm. and has like this big internal crisis. Yeah, like a meltdown. Yeah, um, absolutely. I love that Skinner is just sort of like accepting, which makes it even sadder. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it completely sad that he's somebody who's just been moving through life, accepting every hardship that he's been given. Well, he's also seen combat, and this comes yeah. back to yeah. the thing. And I, by this point in the series run, we know that he. Lost a bunch of men on the Da Nang River. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I remember, I remember being on my couch in college my senior year and watching, like, just sitting there and watching him have a flashback. And my housemates and I just going, Oh my God, what yeah! did we just see? When, like, the Viet Cong come out of both sides of the river and just gun down everybody on his boat. Um, so, I mean, Seymour's seen the worst of humanity. Mm-hmm. Like, come at me, school. I love Come yeah, at me, yeah, Principal Chalmers. And I think that brings a, you know, he's also a prisoner of war, prisoner number 24601 for the musical mm-hmm. theater nerds in the audience <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's got this sort of zen quality to him because you know he's absolutely seen the worst that humanity can offer yeah yeah but even still within that like i love that they've still made him like really pathetic in in that zone of like being kind of like especially when um superintendent chalmers comes by he's just so subservient and um you know is just fucking up left and right and one of my favorite uh skinner lines is um uh greetings children and welcome to a night of theater and picking up after yourselves like i just love how <laughs> lame they make him you know and you could tell exactly the kind of army guy he was and, and we get to see that in this episode in act three well he gets he there's a mention that he was shot in the back <laughs> during a uso show yeah clearly by one of his own troops because he was trying to get joey heatherton to put some pants on I love that. which is just i mean and it's Who's built, that joke for you know i, I love it it's for my my late father who actually was a big Aww. fan he liked a joey heatherton joke he, his other favorite simpsons joke is um it's from the Dustin Hoffman episode, actually, where uh, where Maggie starts or no, Lisa starts talking about uh, all the famous Jews in uh, in entertainment. Because there are so many famous Jews. There's uh, there's Mel Brooks and Tony Randall and Michael Landon. And Homer goes, Mel Brooks is Jewish <laughs> of those three. Uh, that's the one that he just can't. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, so one uh, one moment that I love um, that has like such a good payoff is when the kids are at, at home and Bart is saying like I thought I'd be glad when Skinner was gone but now all I have is this weird hot feeling in the back of my head yeah and uh, I like that he accepts just like uh, you know when Lisa says it's guilt it's like yeah it must be that and then just the little spider or whatever it oh, is yeah. <laughs> so like a deer good. tick yeah it's so great <laughs> it looks like he's maybe having epiphany and no it's something that might kill him That's yeah so it's good and then of course a great Great reveal or like kind of a, a twist of like you get Leopold, who's this like very terrifying man, um, come in and you think that he's going to be the new principal. And, uh, you know, things are going to be very, very different around here. Uh, welcoming your new principal, Ned Flanders. And yeah, uh, I love that switch. Me too. And I love that Chalmers is so insecure about the kids liking Flanders more. <laughs> like, it's just such a cute thing of like Flanders keeps making just like, and I'm going to put the pal back in principal. And everyone cheers. And then uh, Ch- Chalmers gets up. He's like, I'm going to put the super back in Superintendent Chalmers. <laughs> and it, nothing. Yeah. There's one isolated cough. <laughs> it's the same joke. And that, I love the kind of meta <laughs> craftsmanship. <laughs> like, you know, that happened like in the writer's room oh, a week beforehand. 100%. <laughs> Somebody pitched a very so... similar joke. It died. He was like, fuck all of you. That's yeah. exactly what Josh I just know, said. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Especially when, uh, well, also, I just love Jimbo Jones's performance of yes. just like, it's so good. Mm-hmm. You, you should do it. It's yeah, so good. well, um, thank, thank you. Um, I, I love this. I mean, there's so many great, like, very true kid moments in this. <clears throat> and so in in the scene, you know, Ned Flanders is the new principal. And he says, like, and, you know, if there's any anyone here that has any questions, I'd love to answer them. And uh, I think Karen e elbows Jimbo and says, hey, man, ask a question. You know, otherwise we're going to have to go back to class. And Jimbo <laughs> raises his hand, stands up and he goes, uh, hey, yeah, um, what's your policy on 
Lunch. lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say I'll put the uh, stew back in and student, student, and then and everyone's Chalmers. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just a popularity contest. <laughs> I know. Storms off. I also love Leopold's um, like uh, concern for him. Just like, look what you've done. Yeah. <laughs> like, just so it's protective so of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we get look uh, what you've done. We get uh, Bart like uh, making a mockery of the self serve frozen yogurt, which is also very funny in the yeah. cookie bar. And yeah. uh, I love Skinner's outfit so much. Like just mm-hmm. the green little um, yeah. sweater, everything about it. He he's weekend Skinner. I it love is, him. and I love uh, I love Millhouse having that thing of just like he must have gone mental. Like he's not wearing his suit. Like just that's what kids do. They don't get yeah. it. And then they we, don't under- there's a great line in Mean Girls uh, where they see Tina Fey at the mall. Oh one yeah, weekend, and one of the kids likens it to seeing a dog up on its hind legs. Yeah. And that's 100% correct. I mean, mm-hmm. that is the, that is exactly what it is like. It's like, that's not, <laughs> where is that? How is what? And that feeling is of seeing a, a teacher away from his or her post right. is a universally fucked up thing. Did you ever have that experience when you were teaching? Did you run into students at the mall and I ran into like them like rock shows and shit because really? I was That's 23, oh, you know? Yeah, I was that makes fucking sense. four years older than these kids, yeah. you know? That must um, have been trouble. So yeah, I'd run into the fucking cat club. Like, amazing. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey. This is Club Soda. How are you? <laughs> yeah, amazing. <laughs> I have that so a little good. bit. Um, I was a camp counselor for years and years and years and so I would like run into off-season like, you know, former campers at the mall and just be like, um, hello, Gregory. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, As you were. <laughs> exactly. It's a very, yeah, it's um, it, it just stiffens your back in a very yeah. weird way. Yeah. It's because it's, well, it almost feels like you're performing a character when you are in that authority figure role. At oh, least 100%. It, yeah. oh, it definitely did for me because, again, mm-hmm. you know, like these kids were, a 22-year-old high school teacher is going to be at some points five years older than his students. Right, yeah. Five years. I had that and I had my old um, theater teacher, we he was a guest on this podcast and no kidding. Yeah. So so we've it become was so friends special. since I yeah. Loved it. Oh yeah. that's awesome. I gotta listen to that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know which one. It's um it's uh, with Jeremy Guskin. Um but yeah we got to talk about that a little bit. And he was a teacher that Similar to Mr. Bergstrom, like he was just like the one guy that got it. Uh, I mentioned on the episode that um, he looks like Mr. Bergstrom. He does. He does. <laughs> He's so also funny. an actor. I mean, he was a theater teacher. But um, I remember I went to an arts high school and I remember auditioning for The Crucible um, huh. with a monologue uh, from Kids in the Hall. Um, because it, uh, the biggest crouton monologue. I don't know. It. Oh, it's a Bruce McCullough one. Okay. Um, but I thought. I was being serious and true to myself and didn't realize until after the fact that it was kind of a fuck you to the theater department because it wasn't as serious as the Crucible. (laughs) They weren't going to find a a laughy part for me in the Crucible. That's the thing about Arthur Miller is if you do any Arthur Miller play, you just got to land the jokes. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about timing. It really is about just finding the funny and then going from there. But in the the room that I auditioned, it was like all the theater teachers. He was the only one that like gave me a knowing nod and like laughed. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I always remember that's that. And then building. he was, of course, shocked that I remembered that, you know, because you never know the influence that you have when right. you're a teacher. So Aww. it was really fun. Yeah, That's so sweet. Yeah. Uh, so we get back to Skinner in uh, in kind of this new state where he's not too, uh, you know, downtrodden about this because now he finally has time for the great American novel that he wants yeah, to write. Yeah, Billy and the Clonosaurus. Oh, it is God. so good. I love the way that they edit uh, a poo, uh, and oh, he's just like. The time first, lapse. you come up with an idea that it already exists, but then you give it a, little, a title nobody would like. Uh, it came out eighteen months ago, yeah. and just going and going it's and so going. Good. I mean to say, dissolve. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. it's fantastic. Thank you. Come again. Uh, <laughs> That's all like another internet thing. There's it's internet stuff all over. The so place. good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we get that moment that we already talked about of how um, Bart goes in now that there are all the peanut butter cups, which is just <laughs> so good. And then Skinner at the laundromat is, uh, one, Josh Weinstein's Twitter avatar, which I love. It's just mm-hmm. like him looking at the detergent, which is like such a sweet joke. And I just love him reading every single one. So if we can, let's play that clip. Uh, let's see. Tide. Cheer. Bold. Biz. Fab. All. Gain. Whisk. I believe today I will try bold. Bard, how are you? How's school? Um, it's it's a lot of fun. Hmm. Well, it was good to see you. It was? Well, then we should get together again. 
Uh, say Saturday at my house. Do you know where I live? Uh, no. Hmm. A flaming bag, eh? Well, these new Italian loafers will make short work of it. Uh, I'm kind of busy on Saturday. <laughs> hey! We got Skinner's underpants! There's nothing you can do about it, Mr. X, Principal! That's not true. I can buy a new pair. No, I can't. I needed those. I really did. What a great clip. I just think it's so good. <laughs> I, I just love... It's, so, it, it's like a Beckett play, him just standing there, just going through each brand of detergent. <laughs> He's Whisk. trying to find his identity. He's he kind to, of is, doing yeah. some soul searching. He's just been completely unmoored. And, yeah. But again, you know... He's not crying. I know. He's not shaking the machine. There's just something about like, oh, this is my new chapter. I love yeah. that. And and we've already talked about some of the moments of like the underwear and conducting the orchestra and the diet Dr. Pepper or fruit cocktail cup. Yeah, so individual good. fruit cocktail cup. <laughs> he also kind of like makes cup like come a little late. So you think he's going to say like a fruit cocktail cup. Like, yeah. <laughs> even more disappointment at the end. And I, I love Agnes. Oh, yeah. Uh <laughs> Do you want me to tell you when it's 7.30? <laughs> I know. Their dynamic, their living dynamic is so beautiful. Oh. It's, well, it's doesn't great. she announce Bart once Bart's already upstairs? Your yeah. friend is here. He'll oh. smother. We are talking. Heart breaking. I know. So great. And uh, I, I love them on the grill. And Yeah, like, I know. Of course you jump up to later when, you know, Bart is cluing Skinner in and all the calamity that's happening at the school. And then that moment when Skinner says, well... Nobody's mentioned me, have they? I thought I heard someone say your name in the cafeteria, but they might have been saying skim milk. <sighs> it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I laughed so hard. And then they, they go out to eat. I, so the specifics of Skinner's line, like they just have his voice down so great. I mean, uh, they'll make a pizza pie with the topping of your choice <laughs> is what gives him a thrill. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, yeah. yeah I forgot. The most basic, simple shit. Single topping. A single, single topping. topping. <laughs> I forgot the pizza stuff and how they go to, uh, yeah. they go, and he's just like, oh, and the ugly kid. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, and then, of course, he reenlists in the army, which is not exactly what he thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, how old? We don't know. <laughs> well, that's real good, but it needs improvement. <laughs> yeah. All, just everything has gotten so, it, it's gotten lax and filthier and, yeah. uh, and just his, the incredible like disregard for for and the whole thing is about like the whole episode is about the falling apart of the social order and i guess a lot of simpsons are about that but this is really like it's this sort of strange um quest for authoritarianism you know yeah. you know it's this sort of strange like we need discipline we need right. people to call us on our shit if we don't have that our schools descend into chaos yeah. our army our armed forces descend into chaos <laughs> yeah. and there's just something about like you know i mean i i don't know if we can get into the politics here because it's almost too heady but like what are we saying here like we actually work better when we're subservient is that and i don't or, or is it just that we need people in their place or well this you know this connects also to when the when the kids didn't have uniforms how they right. acted like there needs like in, as soon as the tie dye colors come out you know i'm freaking out like yeah. you know <laughs> like they well, need there, something i think there's of course a lot of nuance within that i think that like it especially for this episode it's it's more about like some sort of social structure allows us to see what our own value is and yes. that gives us validation that's to a go great way to through the day. I think it, that's a really that's a really great way to put it. Yeah. yeah thanks. Uh, I think it also reminds me of um, Do What You Feel Like Day. Um, the Simpsons episode where oh, Bart yes. gets kind of raised up as like this, you know, um, guru of yeah. just like That's leaning into Albert your Brooks, id. Uh, yeah. Episode, right? That's, yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. And how it's just anarchy from there and he doesn't <laughs> want it and he gets to witness it. I mean, he's these, ugh, they're so well written, <laughs> these characters. They're so wise. The uh, other thing, and before we, we forget, um, the other thing that I, I love about this episode, just as an er point, the fucking title is hilarious. Yes, have you guys ever seen is. Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song? No, I've only been told to. <laughs> okay. Um, by mansplaining white guys? Well, here's the thing. Um, Thank it, you so much. It is... Uh, you have to start it with here's the thing. <laughs> As per tradition. He's taking up so much room right now. Um, oh, no. It, oh, my God. My legs have just spread. Like uh, It's... 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 
you know, it's like the proto black exploitation film. It was made on a shoestring budget by by Melvin Van Peebles. It's kind of a mess, mm-hmm. um, but it's also defiantly avant garde, and it's just so not Seymour. Mm-hmm. And I and it's weird because it's not. <laughs> It's it's almost making fun of Seymour Skinner, and I, I you know my whole you know my whole thing with this episode is it is, it's a very compassionate portrayal of of uh, of Skinner, but just the fact that they're like what's the dumbest, what's the weirdest, yeah. most off the rails <laughs> title we can give this episode? Well, you know we could. We could name it after the first black exploitation film. How's that sound? <laughs> All right, I, I think that sounds like lunch. <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, one one moment that uh, kind of ties into this discipline uh, talk and what's needed is when the um, the parents of Bart Simpson uh, <laughs> go to oh, thank you. Go to uh, what if I didn't know their names? <laughs> uh, wow. Your whole life we're, is a lie. <laughs> Allie, we're Your over. brand is nonsense. We're over a hundred episodes. I'm actually quite Ooh, impressed. Man, <laughs> I'm a good liar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that they kind of get Ned saying, "It's like you know, I know I'm not too hard on him, but it's because my dad was so hard on me." Oh, right. this is I know. the best part of the episode. That's a fascinating beat. It that is, is a so fascinating good. moment. Mm-hmm. We find out his parents were were not disciplinarians. They were just horrible beatniks. It's yeah. so good. And we get, uh, I, I also just have a very fond memory of this being the hardest I've ever seen my dad laugh. Uh, and That's great. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's just so good. We have him saying, oh, man, Ned's been spilt uh, uh, ink all over my poems. He's a real flat tire. I mean, a cube, man. He's putting <laughs> us on a trip to Squaresville. Amazing. All those things are the most ridiculous Amazing. things I've ever heard. <laughs> like, yeah, but that extends so from the theme of the episode of structure, too. Yeah. yeah it, everything yeah. checks out. The story math is perfect. Well, especially since later on we find out that the only thing that makes Ned tick is, well, the post office, but, you know, <laughs> his dad. And, like, I love that. Like, mm-hmm. you set it up here and then it pays off so amazingly later. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's a wonderful moment. And, it, yeah, it does come back to, like, you know, there there needs to be, like, some sort of order to things, you know. Right, right, and, right. and there's a great Patton Oswalt bit, actually. Actually, where he talks about like, uh, do you know the bit I'm talking about? Yeah, where he I talks do. about like the the kind of uh, people who grew up with hippies for parents and then turned around and put labels on records and you know became mm-hmm. incredible authoritarians. And there's a way to like over correct absolutely to yeah. that kind of hippie. And I knew like the um, I knew the. A lot of my friends had parents who were younger than mine. My parents are, are not quite baby boomers. They're a little bit too old for that. But my friends who did have baby boomer parents who, uh, whose parents, you know, maybe were at Woodstock and mm-hmm. stuff, they, um, they're almost to a man Republicans on, uh, Facebook. Yeah. Like, to a man. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, and it's, it's very striking. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting little, uh, dynamic. I'm fascinated that. by that. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Um, I actually think about that Patton uh, joke all the time. It's just such a good point. Like, mm-hmm. it just makes so much sense. Well, and all I, the best stand up has that string of sociology running through it, you uh, know? Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and, and he's so good about that. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 that was the first thing I thought about when I, when that, cause what I'd completely forgotten about the Ned Flanders flashback in this episode. And it is, I, and there's not a ton of, background for Ned over the years. I mean, we've obviously spent a lot of time with him, but we haven't done a lot of his childhood the way we go back for, you know, obviously Netter, Seymour. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's his, like, really one episode. And I can't really speak to the later ones of, like, how often they go back to it. Um, but that's the one where we sort of see his Beanick parents front and center, and then he goes to the psychiatric ward. And oh, okay. I gotta go back and watch that then. Yeah, it's okay. really great. It is such a good episode, because it's all, it's all, Ned, it's like this. It does this, what it does to Seymour, what this does to Ned. Like, it's yeah. just a perfect little, like, background on who he is um, but right after this I mean we do have like that moment already where he's in the um, army and it's not working out and then we get Bart kind of helping him out and saying just like well I could get Ned like fired like I could easily do this for you and I just love this thing of just like well you know that if this happens like there's no way that we could maintain this relationship that we have mm-hmm. unless and... you become a perfect student and he goes <laughs> exactly. yeah that's not gonna happen <laughs> and uh, I just love like you know we'll always have the laundromat yeah, yeah. so <sighs> cute yeah uh, it's a very it's, it's funny because you almost think like, oh, that's going to be this episode's sweet moment. And then, of course, the killer is coming. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. That was just like the first drop. And then it's going to be this avalanche. Yeah. 
So uh, we get back to the school. The plan is, I mean, he could have done it without Bart. It's pretty much that Chalmers is going to come back and see what a chaotic place it is. And it really, they do such a good job of making it seem like all hell has broken loose. My yeah. water dish is empty. <laughs> oh, God, no he's in a goddamn cage. I know. He's in a goddamn ca- cage, unless I'm mistaken, hanging from hanging. the ceiling, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's such a striking image that stuck with me for like, years. Like, even if he gets out of the cage, he's going to fall to his death. It's some Game what? of Thrones shit. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, and then Millhouse putting ketchup on his belly for some uh, reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a good world. I love that Millhouse is kind of holding court in like this era of Springfield <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, me too. Well, it's just that uh, Bart and Milhouse are similar, but lack he lacks the emotional intelligence that Bart clearly has. Like Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. something much more. Well, he's a he's a bigger character, so it makes more sense. But anyway, uh, we have Chalmers come in, and he's very lax on the whole thing. And I love what he says about just kind of like you know Bart says like, "Come on, you fired Skinner for less than this," and he's Mm -hmm, just like, "Yeah, but I just didn't really like him very much." And then we also have uh, you know, and the way that public schools are going, they're all going to be like this in a couple. Months in a couple months, months, not yeah. even years. <laughs> Coincidentally, I left my teaching job a couple months later. Yeah. They're like, Listen, we really can't afford to uh, keep you on, uh, any we can't afford to keep any of our new teachers on. I said, Yeah, I'm gonna go quietly, yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna go fight quiet. you guys on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, I had, a, so I had a six foot tall senior take a swing at me the other day, and I'm, I'm okay, I'm good. Oh Thank you so God. much. Yeah, well, New York, <laughs> yeah, oh, that makes sense, yeah, man. Uh, but then we get uh, we get uh, Ned on the intercom. Saying just like something about like it's uh, God bless us on this beautiful day or something, something very mild. Like yeah, that. very, very, very like casual and just like God, God in a school in a public school. And I we get that great quote of mm-hmm. uh, God has no place in these walls, just like facts have no place in organized religion. Uh, and then it all kind of comes to a head. We get Skinner back at the job, mm. and then we have what we have already described as Ugh. one of the best uh, endings of a show that I've ever seen. Yeah. It's, Should I have waited to this no, moment no, no. to talk about it? Uh, I just, it, it's such a, to get it out I'm, there. It's such I'm a pivotal moment <laughs> uh, for me in like my television watching yeah. history. I mean, this is, you asked it what, where it ranks in my Simpsons episodes. It's one of my favorite episodes. It's one of my half so hours good. of TV ever. Yeah. I mean, it is really a fucking gem. Well, there's something so special about relationships that are platonic and then also that have some kind of um a reason that you shouldn't be friends, I guess. Like because you know, there there are stakes to be had and there's right. like there's just something really a rim of tragedy to their dynamic that's like yes. really yeah. And there's yes. and they so and they really in that that phrase that very carefully, you know, to evoke Casablanca in that in that line mm-hmm. will always have the laundromat is I mean, they really can't, you know, that we've discovered that the social order cannot maintain if these two are friends. Yeah. Like the, the sanctity of the school and as such, the sanctity of the community relies on these two guys <laughs> yeah. being at polar opposites, you know, and, and there's something, you know, just as like, listen, Elsa's, Elsa's got to get on the plane mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. what's his face mm-hmm. to go join the resistance or else the war is going to war if it's going to fall apart, you know, but we'll always have Paris. We'll always have the laundromat. Yeah. And it's beautiful mm, it's mm. so nice it's i know gorgeous selfless and like yeah, yeah i mean it's sacrifice for mm-hmm, sure mm-hmm. the uh, the other big episode that that kills me um as i mentioned there were a couple that make me cry um the other one obviously is the one that ends with do it for her <gasps> yeah so good um and which is and it's also like the and if you if you know the one I'm talking about, we won't get into it online. You probably do if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> but the just the writing of that episode and like yeah. how that sight gag gag that sight tearjerker works <laughs> um, in order to like the words have to be a certain place and don't the cameras have to be a certain place. Forever. Yeah, don't forget you're here forever, and they mm-hmm. ch- they change it to do it for her is just beautiful it so really that, that also really uh uh turns on my waterworks as well yeah yeah i mean that i mean we talk about it all the time but that's what the simpsons does better than any show has ever really done to have an episode that has this many jokes this many quotable moments 25 years later like all these different things and still being like oh man like there's so much heart here it's such a testament to the greatest show that has ever existed mm-hmm. uh well thank you so much for being a guest uh do you have any closing thoughts on this episode or moments that we made of my have missed you know i i was waiting to see i think uh yeah oakley's in transit he was gonna he said he posted the uh the third act outline i almost don't want to go look at it yeah i don't want to i don't want to know you know if there was something that that doesn't shatter my heart then that's none of my business (laughs) i was gonna look it up but you know what i'm not gonna 
So oh, listeners, you guys could go look it up, <laughs> but none of us here are. Mm-hmm. We like it how it ends. And so do they, clearly. This is yeah. the one that they chose. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy just how special this episode is. And I'm so glad that we had such a good guest to talk about it with. Mm-hmm. Um, so one question we like to ask all of our guests is, of all of the Simpsons characters, who do you relate to the most? Um, You know, I, we all want to. We all, we all think we're Lisa. <laughs> But what's the honest answer? The honest answer is. <laughs> Thank you for a, saying that in that tone. <laughs> uh, but we do, though. We yeah, all, we I all, agree. I, I think we're all aspiring to be Lisa, yeah. and that's really noble. And um, <laughs> I, um, I'm in the Millhouse family somewhere. Ooh, you know, I like I, I'm not necessarily the dad, but I might be the son. I might be little Millhouse. I love that. Uh, have you guys had Rob Cohen on the show? No. No. But we'd like to. You know, we Rob, will you know who I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So you got to have Rob Cohen on the show. Um, but he, um, you know, I, 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 there's obviously the title of the the epi- the, the podcast did suggest that, but uh, there's just something very relatable about Millhouse where he does have his days in the sun occasionally, you yeah. know. Um, but uh, he's been he's been dealt a bad rap and also I was the first kid in my class to have glasses oh. in elementary school. So, you know, my little kids with glasses immediately oh have my, my heart. You know, oh my yeah. God, they I know. have my heart. They do mind. Oh, they, and they're so cute too. They're so <laughs> goddamn cute. I almost up. want my kids to be near like little just cartoon, oh, look at you. I know. They're like little cartoon owls. <laughs> and the, especially when they get like because you know they they can catch nearsightedness earlier and earlier now. So you see, like, you know, preschoolers who have those little things oh, that have yeah, kind of wrapped around their yeah. head because otherwise they're gone, you know? Uh, that and, uh. like, corgis are my two favorite things to look at <laughs> in the entire so world. So demeaning! <laughs> yes and no! <laughs> but, yeah, someone in the so Millhouse family. I love it. I actually just remembered that I uh, have met you in person before. We did a show together where I played the Everything's Coming at Millhouse song with David Silverman on his uh, big uh, tuba. And it was like the science jerks or so. I think it's called the science oh jerks or something. My God, it was like yeah. a couple years ago. Uh, it was before we had met uh, or become like aware of each other on the internet. But maybe uh, that's how I ended up following you. Yeah, but yeah, I remember that. Oh my God, that where was so that? Cool. Where was the science jerks? It was at like what's the place that power violence used to be? Oh, um, it's like the complex. Yeah, um, the complex theaters. Yeah. yeah, not far from like Hollywood Center Studios. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was just for us. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. It. Because when I when I said hi to Allie earlier this evening, I said it was so nice to finally meet her. But I guess I have met you before. Yeah. I? Yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, thank you so much. Where can people find uh, you online or follow your work or anything that you'd like to plug? Um, I remain at John Ross Bowie across most social media platforms, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I. Begin work on the second season of Speechless in about a week and a half. That's awesome. Uh, for a September debut of our second season. That's awesome. Very cool. Thank you again. Thanks so much for having me. Julia, where can people find you? Oh, thanks so much for asking. I am at Julia Prescott on all the things. Allie, where can people find you? Oh, thank you for asking. You can find me at Allie Gertz and all the things. And uh, you can find us at Simpsons Pod. And uh, we are on Patreon. Yeah, we're patreon.com slash Simpsons Pod. We have bonus episodes for you guys to enjoy if you become a supporter. And we're also on Teespring. Check us out. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and until then, smell you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.